Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good evening, Fermentable Planet Earth. My name is Chris Kuzmi. And I'm Mary Izette. And you're listening to Fermentable About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We air every Monday night live at 7 p.m. And Ferment About It's a show about all things fermentable uh, with a particular focus on homebrew. Absolutely. Um, just a quick couple quick announcements. I know we keep reiterating. Uh, Homebrew Alley, National uh, HA, BJCP-sanctioned homebrew competition is happening. Uh, you can register to enter at homebrewalley.org. And what day is that on? That is on February 9th, February 8th and 9th uh, at Alewife, Queens uh, in Long Island City. And uh, we're going to have a great big party on the 9th and announce the winners and have a really great hang. So please, if you're in the New York area, come join us for that. It is free and open to all 6 p.m. on. Um, and also, here in New York, at the end of February, is New York Craft Beer Week. Uh, for more information about that, you can go to NewYorkCityBrewersGuild.com or NYCBeerWeek.com, and that will be February 22nd to March 3rd. Yeah, and there will be a lot of events uh, that are planned for that, so stay t- check out the website and stay tuned for their updates. In particular, the closing event, which is going to be freaking awesome, at Bitidia at Italy. This is uh, relevant today because we have our guest today, Peter Hepp from Bitidia. Peter's the head brewer at, I just plain say Beraria, <laughs> at Italy. Beraria, the Beraria. <laughs> hey, hey, it. We also have our, uh, our good friend, Zach Kinney, and I am the Italian. Friend. I am the Italian today, yes, okay. Zach Kinney in the studio to keep us company. So we're going to start by, um, so Peter Hepp, where did you come from in the brewing world? How'd you start? Well, my uh, <laughs> first batch of beer was made when I was... Uh, still in high school in order to can we swear on this yeah Yeah. oh sweet Uh, (laughs) in order to to piss off my my chemistry teacher um because i knew i was going to fail the course anyway and i was like well you know growing up in a rural town outside of birmingham nothing can piss a teacher off quicker than alcohol (laughs) um so i was like oh sweet well i will follow the scientific method and do a really good job on this project and still just fail it, just <laughs> absolutely run it into the ground. Um, so that was my first batch of beer. And I was like, oh, wait, that was a lot easier than, yeah. than you would think. <laughs> um, and so shortly after, um, I joined the Navy right after September 11th and got my ass carted across the sea. And I will tell you, at the end of a day of getting shot at on a regular basis, nothing you want to do is better than drink a beer. And they are just like, no, absolutely not. So I said, yes, absolutely so. (laughs) And started doing illegal bootlegging uh, out of a couple of tents and built a a subtle notoriety, uh, (laughs) infamy, if you will. Um, (laughs) 
in the community for it until uh, I got busted by the uh, supply officer. And he, he comes up to me. He's like, oh, Petty Officer Hep. You know who I am? I'm like, oh, yeah, I have my career. Like, done. I'm like, I'm going home. Sweet. And he's like, no, no, no. do you know where I'm from? I was like, you're from Central Command, dude. Like, are we going to keep going back and forth like this all day? Or is he just going to go ahead and tell me I'm in trouble? He's like, I come from Northern California. And I was like, oh, sweet. Are you like a Lagunitas guy? Or are you like a um, Sierra Nevada guy? What, 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 what's your weapon of choice? He's like, okay, I've tried your beer. It's all right. <laughs> I was like, come That's on. I was, I, was like, I'm, I was like, I'm making saisons. In the, in the, it's, it's 115 degrees outside. Like, we had like a a space of about this size um, that we had smuggled all the portable AC units from around the around the camp together to try to keep it at a at, a, at an acceptable temperature in there, and um, so we. Eventually got busted, and he was like, "Oh well, you know, I order everything for the for the camp." I was like, "Well, awesome! (laughs) The beer's about to get a lot better." (laughs) And victory, and that's exactly what happened. And you know, and of course, you know, with getting busted by a guy from Northern California, so I started like brewing IPAs (laughs) constantly. (laughs) Um, But that's really what sparked me. And once I had uh, gotten out. Um, in 08 from active service, I had still spent two more years in the reserve and ended up getting carted back. But, uh, when I got out, I went to the New York restaurant school for a period and was like, well, yeah, I don't want to wear a white coat the rest of my life. This is lame. Um, and then went to welding school after that and was like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to wear a leather jacket. All day. <laughs> so it's all about fashion. For you, yeah, right? it is. I mean, as, as you can tell, yeah, right. I mean, it's like, a wardrobe. You know, wardrobe right. of choice. Exactly. Torn up. He's here. Dogfish head T-shirt. <laughs> but see, that's just it. Like it's overalls. a constant medium. You know, like, right? Getting wear overalls every day. Like you can just wear the same T-shirt over and over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but no, that was really. Uh, you know, I, I grew up. My my dad, his uncle. You know, my uncles. My cousins my brothers everybody's a mechanic i'm the only one who doesn't work under a hood for a living and so it's really important to me to like work with my hands and have like a, a hard day's work yeah. you know and running a brewery by yourself yeah. falls right in line with that <laughs> so it's a far cry what you're Someone's doing now is exactly. a far cry from brewing beer in the desert in exactly. the middle east uh, but now i'm on top of a roof which has its own <laughs> you know set of particulars um, so for those of you who have not been there, um, Italy is this wonderful food complex with a number of different restaurants, a full grocery store, I mean, butchers, bread, everything. Um, and on, what floor is that on? It's on the roof, the which 14th is floor. the 14th floor. So you take the, you go in the back and you take the elevator up to the 14th floor and you get out and you're in this brew pub. And it's only one of three brew pubs in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So right. it's really rather special place. Um, it's, it's beautiful up there. The food is amazing and the beer is amazing as well. What are the other two? Oh, uh, 508 oh. Gastrobrewery and Chelsea Brewing Company, oh, our own, yeah. our own uh, Kuzme is, is the brewer at 508. So I'm sitting in a room with, with two of... jerk. <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, two-thirds of the brewers in Manhattan. money. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things, um, Peter, I was very lucky to hear, we had Peter speak at the New York City Homebrewers Guild meeting, and one of the things that I, I thought, I, first of all, 
have to say you're a hilarious guy. That was like one of the better meetings, most entertaining meetings, the better meetings that we've had. Um, but one of the things I was struck by, as you had said, you know, a lot of people do collaboration beers, but I work at a collaboration brewery. So tell us a little bit of who are the, the, uh, the people involved in that. Excellent. So um, Italy NYC's bit idea um, and forthcoming bit ideas um, are a collaboration between Dogfish Head um, out of Milton, Delaware, uh, Birra del Borgo from Bogorose, um, Italy and Lazio, and from uh, Birra Baladin in Plazzo in outside of Torino in Piedmonte in Italy. Um, like I said, we're the only collaboration brewery in the world. So everything that we do is these three guys bouncing ideas off of one another and me <laughs> trying to facilitate it, <laughs> um, which is awesome. Uh, the, really, the project got up and off the ground. Uh, a lot of us have tried uh, Dogfish Head or Beer del Borgo's. Uh, My Antonia uh, was really the beer that got things moving. Um, Sam had been invited a couple of times to Slow Foods, um, Terra Madre, and um, Presidium's overseas to be a guest speaker talking about uh, his ancient ales program and trying to keep things as small scale and throwback as, as possible, you know, preserving culture through fermented beverages um, and really hit it off with Teo and Leo. Um, and they started doing these test batches of beer. And when uh, Sam had been invited to this dinner while they were announcing uh, that Italy was coming to New York City, Sam was like, you know what would be awesome? You should put a beer garden and brew pub on the roof of that thing. <laughs> and the Italians were like, yeah, great idea, Sam. Um, and he's like, okay, well, I guess this is happening now. Um, and about 23, 24 months later, Italy, NYC opened and then about nine months after that we got to open up because you can imagine the logistic nightmare that is uh putting a brew pub in the middle of manhattan on, on top the, of a roof yeah. yeah, we had to close down 23rd amazing. street and crane up the wow. all the equipment wow um, yeah. and uh i mean how big of a system is it over there three and a half barrel three and a half barrel um got a couple of comba uni tanks okay um all the beer that we do is cask mm-hmm. um one it saves a lot of space uh we're 600 square feet it, that's that's the average size of a new york studio apartment yeah, <laughs> yeah like i think i think whenever cool. they designed it that they were being like really clever like oh it's the average size of a new york studio apartment <laughs> like well that's really lame dude why don't you be like uh, oh it's the average size of a penthouse on park avenue like, um but it's a lot, a lot of fun. Um, like getting to do nothing but collaborations. We, you know, we have two year-round beers. We do uh, a dark English mild ale with chestnuts, and we do an American-style pale ale with wild Roman thyme. And then the rest of the time, it's whatever pops in the heads of those three guys. And if you're familiar with Baladin, Del Borgo, and Dogfish Head, yeah, imagine if they have, you know, like this awesome JV Northwest built small batch three and a half barrel system and be like 
you know what, I, I, I don't have to worry about, you know, wasting 200 barrels on this. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally what happens. off-center. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, oh, off-center, like, <laughs> way, totally way um, so that's what I get to try to facilitate. So yeah. we'll come up with an idea, um, and I'll and I, you know I'll, I'll send out this recipe. I'll be like, oh, I got this really awesome idea for this saison. Uh, I'll send it off to Sam. He's like, oh yeah, that sounds a great idea. Well, you know what you should do is you should add you know seventeen new ingredients to it. And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> of course because that, you can. That sounds awesome. That, that'll only take me the next two weeks to source and another eight hours during the brew day. Cool. Um, <laughs> and then so. Uh, Teo is the godfather of Italian craft brewing. And he'll, you know, in his Piedmontese-driven, you know, broken English, try to be like, you know, would be really awesome. I'm like, oh, I can only imagine. (laughs) And, you know, he'll explain to me, like, a dreamscape that he had and (laughs) how it will pertain to this beer. And I'm like, okay cool that's six more hours on the brew day that's that'll yeah that'll work and then leo gets a hold of it and leo is a molecular biologist by training and his entire staff is all just some of the brightest minds in brewing you know they've got like two guys who are like no bullshit uh rocket scientists like they Steady propulsion, <laughs> combustible fuel, uh, at at a at a postgraduate level, and they make beer for a living. Um, and so he'll get a hold of it. He's like, "Oh well, what we should do is a three step decoction mash, and then what we should do is, you know, one, once you get out of the primary, you should you know shift over to another uh, vessel, and then we'll pitch a new yeast, and then when we get into yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah of now. course. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's cool. You know, I'll go ahead Easy, and cancel my vacation. Dude. That sounds <laughs> awesome. So it will definitely not be a double batch day, um, but it's incredible to watch these guys just bounce ideas off one another. And when when you're talking collaborations, like I said, most of us are used to, you know, our earliest brew days were with our buddies. One. It's easy to talk your friends into cleaning up what you screwed up. (laughs) Um, And two, it's always better to have a couple different sets of eyes on it. Um, You know, you know, guys who like I'm I'm predominantly I I love brewing with wheat. Like that's where I'm I'm most comfortable. You know, some of my buddies are are more IPA guys, and we get together and we're like, oh, well that makes sense. Well, why don't we just do that, and we don't have to worry about doing this. And it's like, oh, okay. Now you do that you got like four of your friends together and you can just keep bouncing those ideas off mm-hmm. of one another and it's just like never ending and that's the the awesome part of what I do is just being able to not be afraid to tell your friend nah that's, that's just a terrible idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's one but thing but also to listen to them sure exactly but, just yeah. like getting to ha- the just to converse like, like hopefully you and I will get to do yeah. soon Chris I'm um, excited about that yeah, it's good. You can really learn. Even as a home brewer, like you said, oh, you can learn from your friends. And a lot of times, you know, we, like I started brewing with friends. Now, then I, you know, brewed by myself a lot. Now Chris and I brew together. Um, but, you Zach know. Zach and I brewed the White yeah. House Honey Porter and changed our recipe based on that. Four more Four beers. Four more beers. Baby. Four more. <laughs> no, that's, that's definitely the best way. I, you know, I run a single man brewery. I can do everything by myself. But getting to bring in folks, like, time after time, uh, we've done... Uh, 
anytime that I get in touch with my buddies who, you know, brew on the West Coast or brew in the Midwest, and they're like, oh, hey, I'm in town. I'm like, hey, cool. I will change the brewing schedule and we'll hang out. Um, so it's just a lot of fun. And it's being able to get insight that is pre fermentation. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one thing to take your beer to your to your club and everyone be like, oh, you know what I would have right. done? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. hey, cool. I'm really glad I just wasted eight weeks on that. <laughs> like, fermentation space would have been would have been a little more fun than that. But well, we're gonna we have to take a little quick break right yep. now. Uh, we'll be back. Pause for the cause. We'll talk more about what kind of things you're actually getting into. Yep. When we come back, I'm about, about it. it. Ranch grass-fed beef, pasture-raised on 150,000 acres in Central California. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, free-range, sustainably produced, humane. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, the authentic flavor of the American West. We all know what a foodie is, but what's foodiness? Foodiness is turning us into those chubby, slushy, slurping, lounge chair-bound morons in Wally, plugged in, pumped full of sugar, and brain dead. Chef Erica Wides is here to fight against foodiness. You have to keep drinking the Let's Get Real Kool-Aid for it to start to work. Let's Get Real. Rediscover real food every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. 
Welcome back to Some Men About It. Some Men About It. On Heritage Radio Network. So we're back with Peter Hepp of... Birreria. La Birreria. At Italy in Manhattan. And we're going to talk about... So that's one other special thing about Birreria is that you have access to amazing ingredients. Um... I mean, the fact that you do your two base beers, one has chestnuts and the other has Roman thyme is pretty unusual. So in particular, you had, I had tasted um, the Nicoletta, which is a beautiful beer. And so I had tasted this at a Sandy Benefit at the Brooklyn Brewery a couple of months ago. And Peter and I were talking about brewing with honey. So I think that's where we want to talk. You've brewed a number of beers with honey. Mm Mm-hmm. And actually, Chris just brewed a um, White House Honey Porter at and 508. I did so. a brown ale just before that, but I used two different methods for both of them. And to be honest, before that, all I'd ever really done with honey in the brewing process has primed my wit beers with it. Because I think Absolutely. it's a great priming sugar and you get a different kind of kind of a, a effervescence with, with that using honey as opposed to corn sugar. Yeah, so what are your, some of your tips and learnings for brewing with honey? Or advice, you know, I mean, relevant to, to what you, your experience and then also anything that you could offer home brewers would be great. Um. So when you use honey in your porter, which phase of the brewing process did you use? We threw it in. Actually, we talk, I was with Zach, and we talked a little bit about it. The, the, the White House does it 15 minutes before the end of the boil. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I doubt they're doing a whirlpool. And so I threw it in right at flame out and right at the start of the whirlpool. I figured that it was hot enough to pasteurize it or clean it or keep any funk out of there. But, but still late enough to keep sort of the special aspects of the honey Absolutely. that I kind of wanted to preserve and, and feature in the beer. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Come no, on, I was just saying, this was some local honey that, you, that, we, that you'd source from Finger Lakes, right? Uh, yes, yeah. I got it from, I, I bought it in McCarran Park at the, at the Farmer's Market, and it's from Nature's Way Farms in, uh, up in the Finger Lakes region. Absolutely. Uh, before we even get started, always buy your local honeys. Um, use unpasteurized honey. You know. Yeah. You can, you can, like, I, I, I can talk all day. We could, we could spend a, 45 minutes of me just like geeking out like you know honey's 38% fructose 32% glucose 2% sucrose <laughs> and then like 3% including good. proteins enzymes and organic acids and esters um, because it's no bullshit like uh, honey's incredible I mean we were making mead way before we were making beer and that's like the merriment of those two I think it's just so incredible um when I use honey, I've I've done it also during the mash. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, like I said, they, they carry over a lot of enzymes mm-hmm. um, that they had gained in the abdomen of the, of the of, bee, of the bee mm-hmm. um, that can help break down any of your raw grains. But I find I, I do the same thing. Generally, I'll add it. I'll start at like 30 minutes just so, um, like I said, my, my system's kind of kind of like big enough. But I can only run like one of the steam jackets at a time, so I'm right. always worried right. about like dipping down, on, you know, belie- below boiling. Be like, oh shit, I got five minutes to get this back up, or I'm gonna right. have to dump this batch. Um, but you know, by adding it later, I mean you only need about 15 minutes of it above 185 degrees to make sure that you're fully sanitized. Um, but like back to that. Um, by using a large amount of honey, you've got to remember, like I said, 38% of it is, is fructose, which is harder for the yeast to break down. Mm-hmm. Um, so using like a fr- – like an, in the beer that 
we're actually drinking right now that you guys should come and visit me and drink. Uh, it's delicious. delicious. This is really, really good. Um, you guys are what jealous. Is this beer? <clears throat> jealous. So this is uh, called Pomona. It's I we can't even really call it beer because uh, a, a a third of the fermentables come from wheat. A third of the fermentables come from honey, and a third of the fermentables come from pressed apples. Um, we did this beer, and it's all New York ingredients. The raw, the raw wheats from Wild Hive Farms. Um, the pressed apples are from Breezy Hill Orchards, and the the honey's from uh, Catskills Provisions. Uh, I'm a big advocate of going to the farmers market, and just like you had said, like being at Italy. A lot of times I just go downstairs and just <laughs> draw, draw inspiration. Lucky bastard. Sure. Um, but everybody can do that with their farmer's market. Like, you spend the weekend, go around, like, you, maybe you see a pie or something that somebody had brought, and you're like, oh, wow, I just, just draw inspiration from, you know, it, things that are around you. Don't try to emulate what you see on your television. Right. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, that's one, that's another th- that's one thing that we had talked about doing in this show is kind of doing a green market beer every you know couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah. So because that's a wonderful thing. I mean, in New York City, n- almost none of us have gardens. At least those of us who live in Manhattan and, and Brooklyn. I mean, you're lucky if you do. So we have to source if we want local. We can't grow it. We have to source it. And we do have absolutely amazing green markets with not only you know fresh fruits and veggies, but but locally made goods like honey and um, even uh, some great ciders and some baked goods and pies and cheeses and all kinds of stuff. So it is really amazing to not only get inspiration, like you said, I mean, the seasonal pies are incredible. And that's actually one thing I wanted. I saw a video of somebody making a strawberry rhubarb pie beer. That's one thing I'd like to try. (laughs) I've done that. (laughs) It's it's on point. Like, like, so like when, when we're talking about the beer that we have right here, like my straight up inspiration was uh, apple pie so I was like oh, okay mm. I need something that's going to be you know bready so I'm, like, I'm going to use raw wheat and I want something that tastes like apples so I'm going to use pressed apples <laughs> and then yeah. and I need something that's that, that glaze um, next time you know it's always like once I had finished it I was like, I was like son of a bitch I should have used raw rye <laughs> like to give <laughs> it like, a, little bit, a little bit yeah. of spice yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like, I like no it was like flame uh. out <laughs> And I was like, oh, it's like during the second batch, like, like literally like 45 minutes to this, like, <laughs> like losing my, losing my mind. But I'm going to do this probably again um, for Earth Day because it's just all New York it's ingredients. Cr- yeah. yeah. And it's just a lot of fun beer. Like I said, I've, I've got, I keep two real ales on and that, that keep, you know, like, uh, you know, we get a lot of folks in who are like, oh, well, I like stouts. I'm like, well, this is stouts, little brother. Enjoy a mild. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I like really hoppy beers. I'm like, well, you're going to love this. Enjoy. <laughs> um, but this gives people who aren't really into, you know, because at Italy we get people from all over and um, not everybody's into real ale. Most people have never had a cask beer before and they're like, well, no, that's that's just not me right now and giving them a real cider you know because new york we should be yeah more cider production but it's a great movement right now towards yeah. that end yeah. which oh, I think absolutely. is really great like, we work with like crits farms and we use um like i said breezy hill mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah Cortland apples are and bittersweet apples kingston apples are number right. one in detroit <laughs> um but we uh we use uh, honey in 
most of the beers that we did this year. I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking. I like. I did. And do you use the pint. same? Do you use the same no. method every time? I mean, what, I mean well, to what end do you use different? You know, uh, approaches. So, so depending on the amount, like a fermentable, um, that the the finished gravity is going to be percentage wise. Like I'm not going to make a beer that I'm trying to bounce anything else out of, like with say like chestnut honey which is like really really aromatic and really really dominating if i'm relying on a third of my uh uh final gravity to come from that you're not gonna taste anything else it's gonna be straight up yeah it's gonna be chestnut (laughs) meat there's gonna be no bragging like about it you're not gonna get any you could do like that and nothing but roast barley and you'll be like nope this definitely is made with chestnut <laughs> um, but it all depends you know make yourself a little tea with it first you know start with you know a liter of hot water or you know a quart of hot water and dilute it to what you want your final um, gravity to be so you can you know smell it taste it and get an idea the percentage that you're going to get Mm-hmm. That's gonna carry over to the end, because you um, will get a lot of depending what type of honey. I mean, you mentioned chestnut. Another buckwheat, I know, buckwheat is a very honey, you know dark, yeah. strong honey, mm-hmm. and those flavors and aromas will carry over into the final product. Absolutely. So, um, and especially because you're using it at the end of the boil, it's not right. like a lot of it's going to get driven out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to get pulled up through your stack fan. Um, so keep that in mind. But with that in mind, I do like lo- using like wildflower honey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Clover honey, it's nice. Heather honey is nice, but I want you know you like you smell it and be like, whoa, that's intense. You're like, oh, well, cool. And then you don't have to end up you know hopping it to no end to just get some aromatics right. off yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, and a lot with the with the yeast, you know, Belgian yeast, love it. Um, I use a lot of champagne yeast with it, um, yep. just because I, I used to make a lot of mead. Mm-hmm. Um, over in the sand because it was super easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. But you know, w- but when you when you're using honey, you also have to keep that in mind. You know, using uh, honey is 38 percent fructose, which doesn't break down as easy because you know it's a it's a complex sugar. So you need to use some sort of fermenting aid. You need to use some sort of yeast nutrient um, that you can get at your local homebrew shop, or whether you use I don't know Northern Brewer or. Oh, are we gonna have to pay for that? Like, your local homebrew or, or internet homebrew Go see the guys supply. over at, at, at Brooklyn Homebrew, yeah. Bitter yeah. Nesters, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Kitchen. Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So especially, I mean, I always use yeast nutrient when I brew, but mm-hmm. especially important with honey beers. Mm-hmm. So because those yeast yeast need a little boost because what'll happen? A little backup. Absolutely, because <laughs> what'll happen is you'll get a, a false. You know, what we call like the false positive that that it's went ahead and you've, you've come to your terminal gravity, but it's just churning a little slower. Like mm-hmm. it's already, you know, say it's already broken down all the glucose and you know like any remaining sucrose that might be around, but that fructose yeah. is still hanging out, and yeah. you need to give it a little something to mm-hmm. put a pep in its step, mm-hmm. or you know, pitch a little stronger than you normally would, um, and keep your temp up a little higher, so you know you get your viability a little higher, around seventy-two. Mm-hmm. Because especially like, with Belgian yeast, absolutely. Because like I said, you've got those extra enzymes. Uh, I mean, and that's the awesome thing about honey is itself. You know, as long as you can keep it from from all out. I mean, it's 
vitamins A, B, D, E, K, you know, manganese, sodium, you know, sulfur, potassium, manganese, and like a bunch of like other <laughs> yeah. enzymes are in it already. Um, and it's just cool what you should have in there. Yeah. Like you said, with like priming, because like we're, like I said, an all cask brewery. Right. What do you prime with? Do you, do you, uh, it all depends. Take krausen from a from a fermenting beer. Do you? It depends, you know. like on what I have in the unit tanks at a time. If I if I can krausen, I will. Um, from from an old, I'll I'll sacrifice you know one firkin and do make a little br- blanket pressure and and drive it out right. and krausen with that. Uh, but most of the time, I'll use either honey, uh, maple syrup. Mm. Um, sometimes you know just uh, demerara sugar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Cool. Awesome. Well, this is some great advice. I, I have not had much experience um, brewing with honey. I've made meads before. So I'm definitely going to take some of these learnings home and start thinking of some new brews. Um, so thank you very much to Peter Hep hey, for joining you. us. Well if done. you are next time, if you guys are in New York City or if you're visiting, please check out um, Berreria at Italy, New York. It's on 20. 20- 24th and Broadway, correct? Yeah, 205th Avenue. 205th Avenue. It's an absolutely amazing experience, and definitely make sure you make it up to the 14th uh, floor rooftop to have some of Peter's beers. Great views, great beers. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it really is an incredible experience. I took my parents there when they were visiting for the holidays, and this, of all the things we did in New York City, that was her favorite place. That was their favorite I mean, she likes beer, but she's not like a huge beer lover. Man, she loved that place. It was she was blown away. She's still talking about it weeks later. So it is a fantastic place. Definitely visit them during New York Craft Beer Week. And yep. hopefully maybe uh, maybe the three of us, you, me, Mark, Sameda from uh, Chelsea Brewing Company, will have a collaboration. Do our beer own around. collaboration. Yeah. That would be freaking awesome. The brew pubs so, unite. That's right. <laughs> Everybody bring your own honey. Yeah. <laughs> so we oh, love it. Oh, wait. Let me write that down. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we want to remind you that um, Heritage Radio Network is a not-for-profit and that your membership um, will help them help keep us on the air and help them all around also members get 55% off all purchases at both Brooklyn Homebrew and Better and Esters as well as a dollar off all pints at Jimmy's number 43 so that's reason enough absolutely thanks to our engineer Joe Galarraga our producer Jack Inslee Roberta's in Bushwick for hosting us Peter Hep, Zach Kinney and Jaren David our photographer <laughs> and we will speak to you next week same time 7 p.m. live on heritageradionetwork.org good for night for men about it for men about for it for men about it thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.